0: Merry Christmas. Christmas. What's so merry about Christmas? Because we always say that every year, this is a very old tradition, Christmas is associated somehow with this feeling, with this character of joy, happiness, this kind of jubilance about uh, the season and the feast day of Christmas. What is so merry then about Christmas? What's so happy and joyful about it? cannot be that the world outside of us just kind of um, influence us in this way, although there's that tendency, even in the secular world, Christmas is associated with joy, but there's a deeper root about it. Something about Christmas brings joy to the heart of human beings, especially believers. Let's talk first about what is joy. What is joy? How do we define it? so that we can know how it is associated with Christmas. There are many ways of uh, defining it, I think. That there are uh, many ways we can describe it, at least. But one thing we can say is, joy is experienced when someone rests in the thing that their heart desires. Joy is experienced when someone rests in that thing which their heart desires. And Joy is of such a nature for us Because all of us by nature all of us want to be joyful all of us want to be happy every human being in the world wants to be Happy and everything that we do is so that we can become more happy or more joyful There was a philosopher a German philosopher in the 1800s that said joy is experienced and it desires eternity, sweet, sweet eternity. The reason why he says that is because we have all had this experience that we, we find joy in something, we're happy about something, but it seems so fleeting. But joy, true joy, is something that lasts forever. It's something that we want forever. And when we have it, we want to hold on to it for as long as we can, but this is not our experience. Our experience is we find joy in something and then it just kind of goes away soon, within time. And what, it des- what we desire is to rest in that joy. And so sometimes we find ourselves in this kind of cyclical pattern, cir- this circular pattern, where we find happiness in something, and so we want more of it. We think that if we have more of the thing that we first found happiness in, then we'll just become more happy. It kind of makes sense on a mathematical level. If I made a certain amount of money, and it made me happy that I made this much money, well, I mean, the kind of logical conclusion would be if I make a little bit more money, I'll just be more happy. But it doesn't seem to turn out that way. We make more money and we just keep doing it and it doesn't really bring that lasting joy that our heart desires. It doesn't fulfill that part of our heart that wants eternal joy. Something does, but it's not that. I buy a nice car, I have a nice house, I buy nice things, nice clothes, people compliment me. And I think that if somebody compliments me, if I have a nice house, a nice car and it made me a little bit happy if I can just get another one, or if I can get a better one, then it'll just make, make me more happy. It seems like a logical conclusion, but it doesn't work out. It never works out. It has never worked out. And it will never work out that way. Because these things are not what our heart is made for. Our heart is made for lasting and eternal joy and these things just can't cut it. What, then, will give our hearts that lasting joy, that sweet, sweet, eternal joy? It will only, only be fulfilled by what we're made for. God made us for Himself. God created us so that we can f- share in His own life, so that we can share in His own love, without which we'll always be searching. And if we keep searching, we'll just keep getting disappointed, time and time again. But now if we find God, then we're going to find that thing that will give us the true joy that will last forever because God is eternal. But there's a problem with this. And the problem is, we desire to see God face to face. This is how it's described in St. Paul. We desire to see God face to face. We want to be united with him. We want to We want to have him. We want to be had by him. We want this this relationship with him such that it can never be broken that's what our heart desires for this face-to-face relationship with God but the problem is that let's say in the Old Testament with Moses Moses goes and he finds God in the burning bush and God speaks to him from the burning bush and he tells him save my people from slavery in Egypt and Moses says yes okay fine can I see your face? And God says, no, you cannot see my face because if you see my face, you will die. In the Psalms, it says, he who sees the face of God will die. The Israelites in the Old Testament say, we cannot even hear the voice of God lest we die. St. Paul says, no one can see the face of God. St. John says exactly the same thing in the New Testament. So there's a kind of paradox here. There's a, what would seem like a contradiction Our hearts are made for God. Our hearts are made for union with God. Our hearts are made to see the face of God. This is what we're made for. Anything less than that, we're not going to find lasting happiness. And we can try, and we do try, with many things. From money to cars to material things to people. And it's disappointment after disappointment. And we're always in this journey of searching. Because we're seemingly in this world where we want God and we can't find Him. We can't see Him. So what is this all about? Our hearts desire God and we, yet we cannot see God face to face as the Bible says. Is it a big trick? Are we being duped? Is there a big cruel experiment being played on us, human beings, that we can't have the thing that, are, that we desire by nature? That's how it feels sometimes, we have to be honest. This inner tension that wants something that we are constantly searching for and feel like we can't attain, feels like a cruel experiment. And yet this is why Christmas is so merry. This is why Christmas is so much associated with joy. Because we try over and over and over again to find God in all these other places. We try to force God down from heaven to us. We try sometimes to even make ourselves God. We try to forcefully fulfill this part of our heart that desires eternal joy and yet we can never attain it. And the more we try, the more we force it, the, more, the further it runs away from us. But this is why Christmas is so beautiful. Because on our own, we cannot do it. And so God Himself comes to us. God Himself becomes a little baby. And in that baby, this is where we find the face of God. In Jesus Christ, now we can behold the face of God. Now we can look at God face to face. Now we can find and be in union with the one for whom our heart desires and anything less than which we will never be happy. We will never find eternal joy. But now we can have it because God became one of us. And He became one of us in the most lowly, in the most Uh, in the smallest, in the quietest kind of way. And so if we're going to see in Christ the face of God, that which our hearts desire by nature, well, there has to be some relationality there. There has to be some mutuality. We have to become like Him. If God became a baby for us, God became a child, a little vulnerable child for us, we will recognize in Him that thing which our hearts desire and we will find in Him the eternal joy for which we all want only if we become small as He is small. Only if we reduce ourselves. Only if we make ourselves children the way He's a child. Only if we really humble ourselves. This is why Jesus says, He who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. That's what that is about. But then when we find in that little child that small child, the face of Him whom we desire by nature, and we participate with Him, we live with Him, then we'll find that joy, that sweet, sweet eternity that we all desire. And God goes a little bit further th- than that. Because not only does it become a little baby on Christmas, on, on Christmas Day, but every day, every Sunday in the Mass, every Sunday in the Liturgy, he becomes a little bit even smaller than that. He makes Himself bread. In the Eucharist, Jesus makes Himself fully present and He becomes even smaller just so that we can, be, so that we can consume Him. He makes Himself even smaller so that we can relate to Him, he makes Himself even quieter so that we won't be so scared and intimidated by Him to approach Him. Brothers and sisters, this humility of God, the smallness of God, and the greatness of God, this is, what, this is what brings us that joy that we want when we participate in it by becoming like Him. This is what our heart desires. This is where we'll find true love. This is where we'll find true joy that can never be taken away from us. This is what the Christmas message is about. The God who became small and invites us into his smallness. The God, the God that became a child and invites us into that childlike spirit. Brothers and sisters, may the blessings of the child and the baby Jesus be with you and your families, give you the grace, all of us the grace, to imitate him in his smallness, so that we can become like him and become like him a child of God. Dear brothers and sisters, in Christ, all of our Christmas masses will be offered for your intentions and especially for all the intentions that have been offered for your loved ones and placed on the altar and written on the board of the church. We also pray for all the annual and perpetual masses offered in our church, and for all the sick members in our diocese. A second collection will be collected for the expenses of our seminary, which is the house of formation where uh, young men are trained to become priests and serve our church. The liturgical calendar for the year 2021 is available now. We recommend that each family would have one in their home. It contains all the feasts, memorials, and all the addresses and phone numbers of all of our diocesan parishes and institutions. We encourage all of our faithful to support the church by donating monthly or annually each person according to their capacity. The bishop and all the priests serving with him are very grateful for all those who are helping the church as volunteers, including choir members, shamashim, parish council members, catechism teachers youth groups, Knights of Columbus members, and the rest of our volunteers, and all the members who support the church financially. Brothers and sisters, we wish you all a very Merry Christmas and ask the Lord to bestow the abundance of graces and blessings upon you and your families, amen.